Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedar sinai 33 years and counting. Wow. What a great week I had this week in the operating room. Can't wait to tell you all about it. Wow. But first, I want to give you a sh- give a shout out. To someone at Cedar sinai he's a tech. He pushes all these giant carts that have all the tools that I need before I do the surgery. And when I'm done, they got to go back into the elevators to the robots and clean them up. And his name is Ray Benton, and he's a huge Laker fan. And he and I get to talk all about our beloved Lakers. Life is awesome be able to have a connection between someone you might never have anything else to say or in common. But sports glues us all together. It used to be the church. Everybody went to church on Sunday. Unfortunately, that's not the case anymore. But sports makes up for that. We all can talk about Kobe Bryant. We all can love our Lakers. And today's show is going to be interesting because we're actually not going to talk about the Lakers. We're going to talk about the Clippers because of their owner. Wait till you hear the story, the topic for today's show. Because my guest at 8.15, I can't wait to talk to him, Greg Leone. He owns his very own Italian ice company. And his store out in Thousand Oaks, I've been to, is awesome. Why is it awesome? Well, the Italian ices are amazing. And I'm from New York. When it gets hot, and trust me, this summer it's going to get hot. The greatest way for you to cool off, the most delicious way for you to cool off, is in a white little Dixie cup to have a couple of scoops of that frozen concoction called Italian ices. It's not just frozen icicle particles. It's not Hawaiian shaved ice. It's not sorbet. It's Italian ices. It's special how the air, how fast you mix it, all these beautiful subtleties. When done right, it's the most delicious thing to put in your mouth. But the key to 
the reason why he's my guest, and a shout-out to Robert Grossman, my friend who turned me on to this, is that it's a freestanding building. Greg Leone did not pay rent in a mini-mall. Greg Leone is not along a stretch of road which has other stores next to him. Nope. Greg Leone's, Leone's Italian Ice in Thousand Oaks, is a freestanding brick building. The water, the sugar, the flavors go in one end of the building, and the other end pops out that Italian ice that you're going to eat, a finished product. There's something to be said for, number one, putting your own name on the building. It's yours. Controlling your own destiny. But it's even better when it's your own building. Nobody else. No partners. Yeah, it's fun to have a partner until they drive you crazy. I had a lot of opportunities to join some big orthopedic groups. and You know them in this town. Go back to special surgery in New York. But no, you want to see Dr. Robert Clapper? Look it up. You'll see my name and a phone number. I'm not the hip and knee shoulder institute of America, Beverly Hills, knee and hip and shoulder. No, I'm not any of that. It's my name. This to me was the dream to make it happen. Come on, you can be the doctor for the big teams. I got offered so many opportunities, beautiful ones, professional teams. Nope. You get hurt? Look me up. That's my name. You'll come see me. To control your own destiny, to build your own building, and that's where you go. Where in my lifetime did I see this example? Well, it's playing out right now because Steve Ballmer, Wait till you hear this interview Ramona Shelburne had with him. But an interview with local TV here. And he explains why he's doing it. Because after a year of owning the Lakers, he realized, I got to get out of here. I got to have my own building. I'm tired of being at Microsoft where everybody Bill Gates this and Bill Gates that. I ran Microsoft. Nope. You ain't ever going to get the credit. I don't care how much money you have. But nobody else owns the Clippers. He does. It's his. He has a chance in his lifetime to have it for himself, to control truly his own destiny. No board of directors to have to answer to. And what about in the world of art? This is an unbelievable story. It's about the man who created this sound. Barry Gordy from Motown. Barry Gordy, born in Detroit, just like Steve Ballmer. These two guys are from Detroit. What else would they have in common? 92-year-old Barry Gordy and 66-year-old Steve Ballmer, other than being born in Detroit. Well, let me tell you something. When you're born in Detroit, there is a big 
name in your life, and it's called the Ford Motor Company. What do these guys have in common with the Ford Motor Company? Okay, they're from Detroit, Dr. Clapper. What the hell does that mean? Well, if you go into the details, and the devil's in the details, Steve Ballmer's father worked as a plant manager for the Ford Motor Company. Just think about it. Yeah, they build cars in Detroit. The other big company's called General Motors. There's nobody named General, and there's nobody named Motors. But when you work for Ford, you're working for a company in a building, in a plant, named after Henry Ford. That's right, control of your own destiny. And if you don't think that makes an impression on somebody, that I'm working for the man. I'm working for a man who built a building that controlled his own destiny. That plants a seed in your brain. Steve Ballmer grew up with a dad who worked running the Ford Motor Company. Well, what about Barry Gordy? Oh, Barry Gordy, wait till you hear this soundbite when he tells you, I, like everybody else in Detroit, got a job working on the assembly line at the Ford Motor Company. And one day I realized, I hate this. I want to be in the music business. But what a great idea Henry Ford had. The raw materials come in one end of the building, and at the other end rides out a perfectly formed car. I'm going to do that in the music business. I'm going to take Marvin Gaye and Diana Ross, get them haircuts, teach them how to dance, teach them how to sing, get them a producer, write the songs. They're going to enter one end of my building at Motown, and they're going to exit as fully formed superstars who can sit with the Queen of England, which they did. That whole idea of Henry Ford putting his name on the company, on the building, is the beautiful story that we all should have. Yeah, it's risky. You're taking a chance. But let me tell you something. Robert Clapper ain't getting fired by anybody because I don't work for anybody. Yeah, I got stresses. I got to have a nut to crack every month. But I don't work for the man. I work for myself. My mother, a long time ago, looked at me and she said, Robbie, you want job security? You can't work for the post office. You can't work for, there's no job security. You know what job security? She looks at me, she goes, and she takes my hands, both my hands. She goes, Robbie, there's your job security, your two hands, your hands and your brain. Then you got job security. Okay. When your mother tells you that, particularly my mother, you could believe it. Take it to the bank, which I did. And so did Steve Ballmer. So did Barry Gordy. So they'd in walking one day to Barry Gordy's Hitsville, USA in Detroit. This house. It's not a building. He bought a house that had a big garage. But in walks one day this guy. And he says, here's some raw material that I can work with. That's right. How'd you know? Barry Gordy knew. He knew you'd be walking in one day, Marvin Gaye. You're coming into his house. The house you control.
just like Steve Ballmer, is so happy. I'm a Laker fan. I hate the Clippers, but I love Steve Ballmer. And you got to appreciate everything he's doing. And coming up next, we're going to get into how he did it. How he did it. Now you understand the why. But wait till you listen to the passion, which he has anyway. But it's because he don't work for Microsoft anymore. He doesn't have to deal with Bill Gates anymore or people. It's his own deal, the Clippers. And you'll hear Barry Gordy say, yeah, I worked on that assembly line until one day I said, this is a great idea. I'm going to do it with people. And everybody said I was crazy. Crazy like a fox. He's 92 years old, still alive, and can appreciate that dream that he had and made it come true. That's what I want for all of you listening. Dream. But don't just have the dream, damn it. Make the dream come true. And trust me. If Robbie Clapper can do it, you can do it. Wait till we do some Clapper vision. I want to talk about Clay Thompson. Why are his injuries relatable to his lack of defense now? His Achilles tendon is healed. His ACL is healed. And yet, he's having trouble with defense. I'm going to explain with some Clapper vision the anatomy of the Achilles tendon and the injury, and how that may have something to do with it. The number's 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on? It's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. You're not going to leave me alone, are you? Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. The Grand Pooba, the Big Kahuna. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. How could you interrupt Diana Ross? Oi vey. One of the greatest voices in the history of the world. Mm. But it didn't happen unless she met Barry Gordy. And Barry Gordy don't happen unless he's working on the assembly line for the Ford Motor Company. Here he is talking about working on the Ford Motor Company. And uh, Mickey Stevens and I, and our director, and then we, you know, we had a lot of uh, lucky breaks. I happened to have worked in the Ford Motor Company, and I saw the assembly line cars come in a one door bare metal frame, and out another door a brand new car. And I said, "Oh, what a wonderful idea! I think I'll, I, I want to do this with people, you know." And of course, people wanted to throw me into the crazy house. <laughs> Human beings, you can't do that. That's right, Barry Gordy. But you can, and you did. Listen to this phenomenal interview with a man 
who controlled his own destiny, who realized, I don't want to work on that assembly line anymore, but I like the idea. And I'm going to put my name on that building. But it's really just a house with a big garage. This is unbelievable. The Motown was the big success that I had, and it came from a dream, and one that happened to have come true by luck and love and it's a whole lot of stuff, you know. Because I, I, uh, I've been in Detroit and I went to the Motown Studios. And, you know, it's so... Because it's just a house. It's just a little house on a street. That's right, a little house on a street. Did yeah. you live in that house? Uh, yes, I did. I lived in that house that was actually... It was a, kind of a house with a big garage, which I was lucky enough to find and we just set up a studio back in the garage and made it into a studio and and it was unique you imagine you know when you're going to see motown studios you imagine you will drive out and see big studios but and then when you're in it and you're in the the small recording studio you know and the motown tracks are playing in while you're sta sat in this room and it's extraordinary to think of the amount of you know musical heritage that was created in that in that space how is steve Ballmer gonna feel sitting in his own arena with his clippers. How's Greg Leone, the Italian ice maven, going to feel when he finally builds that building with nobody else's name on it, no other stores next to him? It's the most awesome thing in the world. Well, it's the same thing for Barry Gordy. Apart from putting together the talent, apart from signing the amazing artist you did... What made that Motown sound so unique? Well, originality, and we tried to make as much truth in the music as we could. The truth of how you felt, the truth of what your music was saying, you know. And each person would come in and bring another kind of magical feel to it. But they were coming into a building that you built. I mean, Smokey was first. Uh, well, I was actually first because I wrote everything <laughs> and I produced everything. And then Smokey was my first artist and I was at the top of everything. I was the king of everything um, with a lot of people around. But Smokey came and I made my first big mistake was teaching him how to write songs. <laughs> you know? And so I was at the top of the totem pole and soon Smokey was the greatest poet I had ever seen. But he just didn't know how to phrase uh, a song, you know, front, middle, and the end, first, second, third, and structure. But once he learned that, he just became phenomenal, and he started producing for himself the miracles and everybody. And uh, But Smokey had so much love in him, it was just incredible. And with that talent and the love, you know, I soon was knocked down from the top of the totem pole, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and other people came. That was Norman Whitfield, Holland Dozier, Holland, you know, uh, Nick and Val, and uh, Mickey Stevens and I, and our director. And then we, you know, we had a lot of uh, lucky breaks. I happened to have worked in the Ford Motor Company, and I saw the assembly line cars come in a one-door bare metal frame, and on another door, a brand-new car. And I said, oh, what a wonderful idea. I think I'll, I, I want to do this with people, you know. And, of course, people want to throw me into the crazy house. <laughs> Human beings, you can't do that. But he did. Producers, songwriters, choreographers, diction. 
He made it just like the Ford Motor Plant assembly line that he saw. And so, but we ended up having various sections where we had an artist development, we had a producer's studio, we had choreographers from that we brought in, and then we had a woman who had a, who had a finishing school, and her name was Maxine Powell, and, you know, she taught them, and their big goal was one day they would be sitting with kings and queens, and in fact, they did meet the queen of England, uh, so she was right, and they were very proper. And Can you imagine you're in a garage in Detroit, Michigan, attached to a house, a little rinky-dink house, and you've hired a woman who says, I'm going to teach these artists how to speak properly so they won't embarrass themselves in front of the queen of England. They're going to put you in an insane asylum if you say that. But that's exactly what happened. You can never dream too big. Not for this life that you have. We had so much fun with developing that because it all came from love of ourselves, love of each other, and love of the people that we were writing music for. But I'm sure there are record executives listening to this now who are so envious of the discipline you found in your artists because often you know performers it's like herding cats i mean it's very difficult to to, <laughs> to steer them in the direction you want to go yeah. how did you keep them on the straight and narrow how did you make sure they adhered to all your finishing school rules i hate that jealousy i remember asking my father one day the people envious of what you have he said yeah people are going to be envious because they're just going to see the outside of what you've done, the car, the house, whatever it is, exterior. But when they find out how hard you had to work, then they don't, they're not jealous anymore because they don't, they don't want to put the work in. Yep, the more successful you become, look out. They'll be coming after you. I don't know. I, I just think that it was the process and the fact that we had various sayings, you know, competition breeds champions. Uh, but you can't let the competition get in the way of the love. And we stuck with that. And uh, they all became champions. And of course, when it's, when it's successful and it's growing, and, and as you say, it's all coming out of love and, and people are seeing the results, it's great. But at the other end, when you get to the point where you have to drop someone or if somebody says, actually, I'm leaving Motown, how hard was that? Did you hear how he said they all became champions? Listen to Steve Ballmer when he's asked about having max players and how exactly you're going to get a championship. And I love this. He's using the word championship just like Barry Gordy. Well, what you really want to do is have a team that wins championships. Mm -hmm. right. Sometimes that means you have three max players. Sometimes it means you have two max players. I mean, if you really take a look at who won the championship last year, no three max players for go. the Bucks last year. There you go. So it depends. To me, there's only one super team, and that's the team that walks out with the trophy at the end of the season. And that is Motown. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we got a whole whole play about that. <laughs> you know, uh, well, we, we got so big, you know, as a company until all of the majors realized that we were as strong as we were. And after we got so big, we saw what they could do with money and power. 
you know, and so they just started offering all these kinds of big deals to the artist. And I was, of course, furious, you know. Well, when they came after his girlfriend, Diana Ross, that was the worst. Uh, well, which one hurt the most? Which hurt the most? Which was the hardest conversation you had? Well, obviously, Diana Ross, because uh, that was I was in love with her <laughs> after this period of time. And so when she was offered $20 million from RCA to leave Motown, that was the farthest thing from her mind. But, you know, after you think about $20 million for, for quite a while. That's a lot of earrings. It really <laughs> <Yeah>. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, did she tell you herself? Uh, no, not at first. Too painful. But it happened. The success of Motown came from a dream and ultimately a fabrication of this dream to mimic exactly what he saw at the Ford Motor Company. Raw material coming in one end and a finished product coming out the other end. When you own your own building and you put your own name on it, you control your own destiny. Barry Gordy did it in the world of art and music. And in the world of sports, Los Angeles is lucky to have a guy who's taken the bull by the horns, literally. And his name is Steve Ballmer, and he owns the Clippers. Coming up next, you're going to hear an interview Ramona Shelburne had with him and also a local news station. He's doing the same thing. But what's the connection with the Ford Motor Company? Barry Gordy's from Detroit, worked at Ford. Steve Ballmer's also from Detroit. And his dad worked for the Ford Motor Company, running that plant. Don't you kid yourself. That seed is in his head. That's part of the dream. Make the Clippers like the Ford Motor Company. And he's doing it. But it first starts with buying the team and then not sharing the Staples Center with the Lakers. Can't wait for you to hear Steve Ballmer explaining it all. Coming up next, the number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. But don't miss my show Monday morning on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Roberto Claperio, a fish tacologist. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I know the ins and outs of a fish taco. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's the one and only Marvin Gaye. All his hits coming out of Motown Records and Barry Gordy. What does Barry Gordy have in common with the Clippers? Nothing when Donald Sterling owned the team, but they got a lot in common with the current owner, Steve Ballmer. Listen to Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman talking about the future of the Clippers and the frustrating path it's going to be. You're playing in the same city, in the same exact arena, 
It drives the Laker fans absolutely insane. Los the Los Angeles Clippers are breaking ground on their new home. They will create new fans in L.A. that are Clippers fans instead of Lakers fans. How long have you wanted to build this stadium? When I first bought the Clippers, I said, isn't it great? Don't need to build a stadium. Then I buy the team. It's like, whoa, it's not our house. This is when, you know, the putting up the pictures of our guys. It's not our house. That's right. Staples Center was for the Lakers, not the little brother, the Clippers. Ramona Shelburne then asked Steve Ballmer, when did you realize this was not going to be fun? Yeah. Banners. So I'd say within a year or so of buying the team, uh, I'm starting to get skeptical. We need our own house. And let's make our house a basketball mecca. Just the best place in the world. We're building a fantastic building because we're trying to communicate. We are a fantastic organization. Our fans need to know that. Our players, free agents, it's an identity. You're talking about rolling a heavy ball up the hill. But why not? It's your team. You don't have to ask permission from anybody. And then, of course, who owned the the forum? I think it was the New York Knicks. I think it was James Dolan. Gave him a hard time. You can't build an, an arena here in Inglewood. Steve Barmer said, you're not going to give me a hard time because I'm buying the forum. forum. So be quiet. So now he owns the forum. Nobody's bothering him. He's going to build his Intuit Arena for the Clippers, his own house. It's awesome. It's awesome to go to an Italian ice place that's just for Italian ices. There's nobody else there. Ty Lue had a comment about this in the playoffs. There's a lot of Lakers fans here, but once the Lakers are gone, if we're not playing the Lakers, you should be cheering for the Clippers. What do you do about that? I think for enough years the Clippers were bad enough, everybody could just kind of ignore the Clippers. And when things don't go right, they just stay that way. Oh, me! Oh, my! An embarrassing moment. We're good now, and we're going to be good year in and year out. And I think some of the fans... Uh, on the other side, if you will, it's like, what? You dare? You dare to question our supremacy? No, we, uh, we do. We got our fans. We use our expression, L.A. our way. The other guys feel a little threatened. That's okay. It means we're doing good. Steve Ballmer ain't afraid of competition. Goes way back to his roots. Took the SAT, got a perfect 800 on the math portion. Went to Harvard. Who's his classmate at Harvard? Bill Gates. They have a math competition at Harvard. Steve Ballmer wins the competition. Bill Gates comes in number two. After college, Steve Ballmer goes to Stanford Business School. Bill Gates leaves. He doesn't even graduate from Harvard. Starts Microsoft and calls his buddy, the guy who beat him in the math competition. You should leave business school. Come be a part of my startup. I'll give you a percentage of the company. Steve Ballmer left business school, went to Microsoft, joined his classmate Bill Gates, and the rest is history. You look like you have fun at games. <laughs> Steve Ballmer, fired up. Loving every minute of it. What is it going to be like for you at this arena? I do have fun at games, uh, and I feed off of the energy in the building. And so the more energy, the more fan experience, 
the more seats that have people in them. Players love fans, so I figured even from our team, to make our team better, more energy in the building is uh, is a great thing. Your Los Angeles Clippers are heading to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in their franchise history. That's right. There was a lot of energy in the building last year. Yes, there was. Western Conference Finals. You came up short, though. We did. Is there a party that wonders what could have happened if Kawhi was there? I have a lot of, you know... Woulda, shoulda, woulda been great. You know, we were within a whisker or two of taking care of business in the Western Conference Finals, uh, even without Kawhi. We basically have most of the same team back for next year. I remain optimistic. How do you look at next year knowing that you probably won't have Kawhi for a lot of it? We have a very, very good basketball team, even without Kawhi. We're going to win a lot of games. Uh, Obviously, we would be an even better basketball team with Kawhi. This is just awesome to listen to him, how optimistic he is, how hardworking he is. But finally, for the first time in Steve Ballmer's life, he don't have to share the stage with anybody. He doesn't have to explain, yeah, Microsoft started by Bill Gates and I'm just running it. No, this is his team and he's about to have his own building. The point of today's topic is it's more than the building. Motown Records is more than just a house with a big garage that Barry Gordy modified. The Italian ice is, it's more than the building. It's a person's dream. And it's total ownership of that dream and making it happen. It's awesome. So this arena, it's named the Intuit Dome. It's been years in the making. Today's the groundbreaking ceremony. And I understand that you actually, you teared up going through your remarks for the the launch event. What's going through your mind at this moment? Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited for our fans, for Clipper Nation. I'm excited for our team to have our own house, our own building, our own energy, kind of a basketball you know, an homage to basketball, all about the game. Uh, I'm excited about it, and I'm excited what it, what it can mean for the competitiveness, competitiveness of our team. Now listen to how he's actually doing his research of how to build the building to make it his own. You are fully funding this project yourself. Um, I hear you've done some extensive research. I mean, you've traveled and visited arenas, I mean, 20 different arenas around the country. What is it about certain designs that you like and what are you going to do with with this arena it really starts with two things it starts with that bowl where you watch the game how do you keep people focused on the game how do you keep them understanding what's going on in the game how do you keep the noise and so you want it tight you want it vertical You don't want to break the bowl up with lots of sweets. You want it, at least I do and our fans, about that game. We have the biggest scoreboard ever in an NBA arena because we want to tell the folks about the game, show them the stats. And to me, that's the heart and soul. The flip side of that is we want people in their seats Mm. able to watch the game, which means the back of house. Everybody's waited in line for bathrooms and concessions and... He's now a bathroom expert. Listen to this. We've got a lot more bathroom fixtures <laughs> than any other uh, arena around. I, I've gotten into bathrooms as we've got through this. <laughs> and uh, we'll build technology where you don't stand in line at concessions. You just grab what you want and walk out. No, no cashier. Uh, just grab and go. How do you do that? I was just about to ask you about that. How do you do that? 
Or did you just move your eyebrows? You like a, you're my new favorite person. Your passion <laughs> is just about to jump through into the studio. No, you just, you know, you work with the right technology vendors, as I know from my past life, and you can do almost anything. This is a guy owning his own basketball team. Sounds a lot like Jerry Busted back in the day. He's going to do it the right way. Build from within. You don't necessarily have to have these max contracts. Well, what you really want to do is have a team that wins championships. Mm -hmm. right. Sometimes that means you have three max players. Sometimes it means you have two max players. I mean, if you really take a look at who won the championship last year, no three max players for go. the Bucks last year. There you go. So it depends. To me, there's only one super team, and that's the team that walks out with the trophy at the end of the season. He's right. How inspiring to hear from someone who's building his own building. Hearing from Barry Gordy, who built his own building at Motown. And at 815, it may be a different concept, but it actually, or I should say a different field, but building your own building for your own Italian ices or Dr. Clapper building his own office. Controlling your own destiny. Speaking of that, this... This week was unbelievable in surgery. One of the patients came from Las, Las Vegas. I'd done her other hip. She now lives in Vegas, came back. One of the problems that women get, different than men, is after menopause, the hormones change, and their body starts eating itself alive, removing the calcium from their bone. Every doctor wants to give you vitamin D and calcium and Fosamax and all this stuff to fight osteoporosis. I hate all this stuff. Be holistic. Load your bones. Well, what do you do if you develop arthritis in your hip? You can't walk. You're limping. You do that to a woman past menopause, she's going to doubly remove the mineral from her bone. So here's the coolest thing you can do holistically. Fix your hip. Your hip doesn't hurt anymore. You can play tennis again. You can hike. And how do I see it when I look at someone's x-ray? That washed out bone, calcium's all gone when I see them with osteoporosis from menopause and two bad hips. Now I fix their hips. They come back and see me a year later, two years later, or in this case, for her other hip, first one's done. I look at the bone density, the thickness of the mineral around the prosthesis that I put in two years ago, five years ago. She has more bone now than she did before because she doesn't hurt anymore, so she can run around, be more active. And that actually hormonally signals to the bone, the osteoblast, the cells in the bone, to put down more mineral and stop resorbing it. It's awesome to be able to look at an x-ray and have it speak to you. But remember what Dr. Anawat said, the eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. Every Schmendrick who's a doctor who looks at an x-ray doesn't necessarily see the same things as someone who knows what they're looking at. I'm not just looking to see that the prosthesis looks okay. Look deeper. Look deeper and you will see that the cells in the bone are embracing the prosthesis and allowing this person to be more active and load the bone. That's what happens when I look at an x-ray. You want to see deeper in the obvious.
Let's do some clap revision. Coming up next, let's do our segment where there's a will, there's a way. I got to talk about Clay Thompson and the struggles the Golden State Warriors are going to have and why it relates to the anatomy of the Achilles tendon. Coming up next, we'll get into it. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip, Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. Don't miss my show, Mason and Ireland, back Monday at 1, all here on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Soon to be a major motion picture. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Without a good hip, you ain't hopping, that's for sure. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I think that's a Smokey Robinson impersonator. I don't really think that was Smokey Robinson. But when you're that good, get ready for the impersonators. Speaking of that, let's do some Clapper vision. Let's do this segment where there's a will, there's a way. This segment is all about the Warriors. In this case, literally the Warriors. But it's about the professional athlete because, trust me, their bodies are built just like yours. If you watched that tennis match last night, Rafael Nadal against the Russian, he had to withdraw, the Russian did. He sprained his ankle. That was it for him. So Nadal is going to the finals. He's a professional tennis player. But his ankle is just like yours. So when it gets injured, the anatomy and the description, the clap revision, is exactly the same. So, Will, let's get into it. What do you want to talk about today? All right, Doc. So first up, somebody that you teased a little bit earlier, and that's uh, Clay Thompson. So obviously the uh, finals has started. We saw game one. I honestly thought the Warriors were going to win. I mean, they, they mm-hmm. looked really good for the first, honestly, 42 minutes. Wow. They they collapsed late. And part of that collapse is potentially on the defensive end. Now, as we all saw, it was over 900 days ago that Klay Thompson suffered his injury against Toronto in the finals, actually. And then in the offseason, and that was his knee. And then in the offseason trying to come back, it was his Achilles. Mm-hmm. And it looks to me like he's lost. Offensively, he can still shoot, but he's lost some explosiveness, uh, both on the offensive end, I think, going to the rim, as well as on the defensive end, uh, laterally, I I. I think he's not the same elite defender that he was once upon uh, once upon a time. And is that potentially a result of not only your knee, but an Achilles? It is. And let me explain. I had a lovely conversation in the operating room yesterday between my cases with my favorite foot and ankle surgeon at Cedars, Dr. Timothy Charlton. And shout out to Handel's Ice Cream, because thank you for you guys taking care of Dr. Charlton, who lives down in Redondo Beach. So Handel's Ice Cream, Redondo Beach, best ice cream in Los Angeles. We'll get into the best Italian ices in a second at 8.15. But Tim Charlton explained to me this. One of the main reasons, the main reason, an Achilles tendon ruptures is because your momentum is taking you backwards. What do I mean? When you play offense 
you're going forwards. You're dribbling the ball. You're passing the half-court line. You're going to the top of the key, going to the elbow, the foul line. You're moving forward towards the basket, whether you're going to take a three-point shot at the half-court line like Steph Curry or Clay Thompson, or you're going to try to penetrate and either pass or try to drive to the basket yourself. You're going forward. You are concentrically loading your muscles. What does that mean? Here's a clapper vision. You're going to pick up a bucket of water. The bucket has a handle. It's heavy. You're lifting that bucket of water off the floor. So as you flex your elbow, as you're holding that bucket, feel the front of your arm. That bulge right under the skin is the biceps tendon muscle. But deeper to that is a is this stronger muscle that flexes called the brachialis. So you have these two big muscles that are helping you flex your elbow to lift that bucket up, the biceps and the brachialis. As you lift the bucket, you contract those muscles. You shorten that muscle. That is classic concentric loading the muscle. It is shortening. Okay, great. Congratulations. You lift the heavy bucket off of the floor. Now what are you going to do? You got to carry it, and now you need to bring it to the spot you want to bring that bucket of water to, and you have to lower the bucket to the floor. Well, you're not going to just let go and drop it. You're going to slowly lower the bucket of water. That requires strength. You actually are contracting your muscle, but you're elongating the muscle. Rather than shortening it, you're elongating it as you're still firing the muscle. That's the difference between eccentrically, which is lowering the bucket, versus concentrically. Well, think about it. When you're playing offense and you're running forward, I told you, you're concentrically loading the muscles. But when you're going in reverse, in other words, playing defense, that's when the Achilles tendon snaps. And now with the advent of everybody has a camera, everybody has a video, it's just awesome to be able to see football players, basketball, professional athletes. We get to watch their injuries take place. And you will always see that being the mechanism of injury the Achilles tendon rupturing as the player is going is backing up. That's when it tears. So a defensive lineman in football, you know, getting pushed by the O line. Yeah, thank you very much. You're going to bust your Achilles tendon. Who did that? That we know and love. Thank you, Marcellus Wiley. Tore his Achilles tendon. He's a defensive lineman. That's what happens. You're backing up, back, back, back. That's stretching the muscle as it's trying to contract. Well, when that happens, which it did to Clay Thompson, in practice, in training, and its left knee was his ACL, it's his right Achilles. It's not on the same side of his body. When that Achilles tendon snaps in an elite athlete with no one pushing you, no one tackling you, it's just you going in reverse backing up, trust me, the mental aspects of an injury is a part of life in this world of media and sports media that does not get talked about enough. I'm going to be still blowing the horn, reminding people 
the psychological aspects of the injury in an elite athlete. If you get collided, tackled, Paul George crashing into the stanchion of the basketball, then there's a a villain. You know, you were hurt by someone else or by some piece of equipment. You come back from that injury much quicker. But if you're an elite athlete who makes a living with your own body and you just step the wrong way and you tear your meniscus, your ACL, your Achilles tendon, your body let you down, no one tackled you, that makes you squeamish. Why not? It should. Maybe it's going to happen again. So that aggressiveness that you are talking about, Will Orms, describing how he was a lockdown defender prior to his Achilles tendon injury and now is not. He's still an amazing player. He's still, listen, 2% of Clay Thompson is still better than everybody else. But we're not doing that. We're judging him based on his previous abilities. And that is a psychological as well as a physical situation. Hope that answers it. Yeah, I mean, I hope that we can see him regain his elite form. I think he's still young enough to get there. Right. And I still think he has the athletic ability. If it is a psychological issue, hopefully, you know, another season or half a season can get him back there. And the other thing that happens, which you kind of touched on, is the explosiveness, which really makes an elite athlete elite. There are good players, and then there's great players. The That first step, that explosion that occurs... Trust me when I tell you. Yeah, I tell patients, you have your ACL fix, your your Achilles tendon, give it a year. It takes a whole year. Okay, and you'll be back, you're playing, you'll be skiing, you'll be doing all stuff. But the reality is, is it takes a whole nother year to get that fine-tuning of the tendon and muscle. The famous explosiveness. I learned this from a stuntman I took care of many years ago, fixed his Achilles tendon. And he kept like hocking me like, Dr. Glaber, it's not there yet. I said, you can do everything. Look at you. He says, it's not exact. I miss the explosive. I'm going, I I got all kinds of textbooks. I don't know what explosive. There's no chapter on explosiveness. But the reality is, is be quiet and listen. Let's pay attention to the patient. What the patient is telling you, you have to, not everything's in the book. There, trust me, there is no textbook, no article I have ever read in the orthopedic literature that talks about explosiveness. But in reality, that is the difference between a good player and a great player. So you are right. The psychological burn-off will occur. It will be a more of a distant memory. And the mechanics of the repair of the Achilles tendon, both those things will happen in another year. All right. Well, really quickly, another uh, in the spirit of basketball athlete that I wanted to bring up and arguably the third greatest shooting guard of all time, Dwayne Wade. Yes. Uh, In college, he had an injury, which was his meniscus, and they gave him two options at the time, which was basically repair it and then plummet his draft stock or get it removed, and he could get back quicker. He opted to get it removed, which eventually degenerated to bone on bone throughout his playing career and and gave him a lot of of issues Mm -hmm. and I think even though he had an amazing career I think it could have been that much better if he hadn't dealt with those knee problems especially later on I think it kind of cut short some of the tail end of his career the 
is super observant of you, Will Orms. And my best answer for this, as a surgeon for 33 years and 16,000 surgeries, there are two issues when you tear your meniscus in your knee that I want the weekend warrior congregation to be smarter than all their friends about. And thanks for listening and telling all your friends and family. There are two things that happen when you have an injury. One, the actual anatomy of the injury. There's a book I wrote with Lindy Yui, Heal Your Knees. You should get a copy. It'll explain the pattern like a snowflake. Every meniscus tear is not the same. Trust me, in your kitchen, Will Arms, you have kitchen cabinets. In my kitchen, I have kitchen cabinets. I can promise you, your kitchen cabinets don't look like my kitchen cabinets. But we both have kitchen cabinets. So when you hear people say you have a torn meniscus, that's not enough. Where is the tear? What do you mean? Well, clapper vision. The meniscus is like a slice of apple pie. It's a triangular, beveled, tapered structure. Is the tear in the crust? Or is the tear at the tip of the slice? Or is the tear in where the apples are? Here's another question. What's the pattern of the tear? So the location of the tear matters. But what's the pattern? Is it a vertical tear? Like taking your fork and going vertically top to bottom to get a piece of the apple pie in your mouth? Or, by the way, the apple pan, the most delicious apple pie on Pico and Westwood. Don't get me started. My mouth is watering already. But if you go vertical top to bottom to get that piece of the uh, bite of with your fork of the apple pie, that's a vertical tear. What if you took the fork and went horizontally, not in the crust on top, I mean not in the, the topping and not on the crust on the bottom, but horizontally through the apples? That's a horizontal tear. That's classic for a tear of altacocoritis. You get old. You say horizontal tear on the MRI or I see it when I look at the MRI – then that means this delaminated. This is not from injury. This is from just getting old. Or an oblique tear, a diagonal tear, where you take the fork and you go from the crust on top, the topping, and you go obliquely, diagonally through the pie to the crust on the bottom. That's trauma. Vertical tears, oblique tears, but... Where in the tear did the vertical tear? If you got a vertical tear and it's near the crust, the periphery of the meniscus, you should put stitches in it. I don't care what argument you have, draft coming up, whatever it is, you should put stitches in it. But if you've got a tear obliquely near the tip, as we say in New York, forget about it. Don't even bother me with stitches because you know what will happen? You'll end up coming to me after somebody puts stitches in your meniscus because it failed. And that's a whole nother reason, a whole nother discussion because of circulation of the meniscus. That's why it will fail as well, because it's by the tip. The circulation is not there. The crust has the circulation. So I can give you an answer. Yes, you should get it fixed. You should, oh, no, no, it doesn't work that way. If you have an exploded meniscus, I don't care who the surgeon is, you're not going to get that better. You need to trim it, and yeah, you're going to get arthritis. And if you look on Twitter, you'll see an x-ray I put from one of the cases I've done of what a knee looks like getting to be bone to bone when 40 years ago he had an open meniscectomy done because that was the technology Joe Namath's era but he's good as new now because I fixed him so you could check that out on Twitter at Dr. Robert Clapper okay we'll take a break coming up next 
We're going to learn a little bit about controlling your own destiny. Because at 8.15, Greg Leone from Leone's Italian Isis, my favorite Italian Isis in L.A. is going to be my guest. And I'll explain the connection of him, Steve Ballmer, and Barry Gordy. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN.